Welcome to the 2S Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the 2F's Podcast. Um, with Gage and Mike. With Gage and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week is going to be a more food for thought, semi-philosophical episode. Something to think about and maybe examine for yourself throughout the week play around with it but we will uh kick off with a quote okay so my quote is by paul revere and it says no matter what you do you'll never run away from you meaning that no matter what you do you can't run away from yourself yeah that goes back to some of the Buddhist sayings of, you know, no matter where you are, or no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're even their enlightenment. Where do you expect to go to reach enlightenment if you can't hear? Exactly. Where you are. I mean, because if, if the problem is yourself, I mean, you can't exactly run away from that problem. <laughs> and it kind of, it's kind of funny that Paul Revere says that because I picture him running. On a horse. <laughs> well, like he was, that was for away. a totally different reason. I know, but I'm picturing him running and then having that epiphany. I'm always right here. I can't run away. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> um, mine's by Marcus Aurelius. Um, semi-related to this episode. Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself and your way of thinking. And beer helps too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or bourbon. Yeah, or bourbon. That's what I'm drinking here this morning. Running on two or three hours of sleep. So the bourbon helps. But what was that? Hmm? That quote is, that's a really good quote though. All within yourself in your way of thinking. Yeah. That that ties into our um, something I wanted to talk about, discuss, and just more food for thought, something to think about. And it, it ties into beliefs, perceptions, behavior, identity, and how they all tie together and how that really drastically affects your life. And some thoughts on why some of this newer stuff people try like um affirmations and whatnot don't aren't bad but why they often fail and don't help though they can yeah and the pretty much the premise of all this is you have everybody has a belief about themselves the world and their relation to it And those beliefs, whether you're aware of those beliefs or not, cause your perception of yourself in the world, how you see everything. And those perceptions create 
your outcomes, so to speak, your behavior, your attitude, your relationships, how you interact. And that's pretty much the premise of all this to really think about is what are your fundamental beliefs about yourself in the world? You know, like Socrates says, the unexamined life is not a life worth living. And I don't think he meant it so blankly like that, but so many people go through life without taking a step back and analyzing themselves. Like, for example, say um, you're really, you're a very, very, very anxious person. Well, then you, you perceive the world as almost threatening in a way. Some yeah. people are judging you or something bad's going to happen. And you take that a step further, it's because you have these beliefs that in some way or another, either that's just the way the world is, or it's a belief about yourself that gives you low self-esteem and confidence. And it, it stems from beliefs. And that's why affirmations, people, you know, will say to themselves, I am happy. Today's going to be a good day. I'm this or that. And they don't work. That's because no, you're, you're just no. lip servicing. You're lying to yourself. You got to really get to the belief. And that, that's the trick. How do you change your beliefs? And that's when it all ties together. Because mm -hmm. somebody could have a perception that everybody in the world is against them and it's bad. That's their belief. They perceive the world that way. Therefore, they treat others in whichever way, you know, guarding themselves from everybody or treating everybody else bad because of it, you know, looking out for number one. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes around and does something completely selfless towards them and helps them nothing in return and leaves well that person had a different experience that went against their belief yeah and so now their belief is slightly changed and so now their perception changes of you know maybe not everybody is against me and then their actions start to change because of it and so you really want to change yourself or make yourself better and the world around you better, your experience of the everyday. You have to change your perception. But the only way you can change your perception is to change your fundamental beliefs because some people go around saying, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to look at the bright side on everything. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to manifest a good day. Yeah, which, you know, that's true in a certain sense. You know, if you go in the day like being positive, trying to look on the bright side, it makes a difference. But it doesn't last long. No. Because you didn't change your fundamental beliefs. There's no solid foundation. You're forcing something. When you have a solid foundation, a solid belief, you don't have to try and change the perception. It yeah. just happens naturally. It's kind of like forcing a fart. Yeah. <laughs> if you gotta force it it's probably shit <laughs> yeah 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 that's true in so many different things <laughs> and one of the big things though when it comes to perception is the perception of yourself and that ties into identity yeah yeah identity is a a big thing <clears throat> like I know with my more from my like point of view with it is like 
you know, you have these people that like are sports team fans. And that's that's their whole identity is their sports team. It's like, oh, you know, go Packers or go Bengals or go this or go that. And it's like, okay, that's fine to root for your favorite sports team. But, like, why is why do you get upset when they lose? Why do you get upset, you know, over certain things? Or, oh, that coach is this. Or, why I can't believe they let this player go. And, like, It'd be one thing if you're just talking about it, if that's something you're into, but if you're, like, physically angry about it... Right. I think you've taken it, like, a step too far. It's an identity problem. I mean, it's one thing (laughs) to get involved in really intense and in the sports, whether you're playing or watching. It's fun. It's good. But it becomes unhealthy when... And everybody knows somebody that's watching a football game and a play was called wrong or they messed up in the play... And all of a sudden, they're, the person watching is just angry, pissed off, cussing, throwing things. And it's like, whoa, like, yeah. chill out. But it's it's because they're identifying with this. Their team loses their whole days wrong because they're identifying with this team. And that identity, I mean, it, it even you can go to political things. You know, you see all these different organizations up and around. Won't name any specifics. But, well, even if you just break it down too, if you go Democrat, Republican. Yeah, you can Democrat, Republican. You're so, no matter whether it's Republican or it's Democrat. Whatever their agenda they're trying to push. Right, you identify with this. And then no matter what evidence and stuff shows up saying that this party was a fraud or faked this and did all these terrible things, you can't believe it. Like, nope, nope, that ain't true. They're lying. And the reason is because if they come to accept these facts and they have to distance themselves from that party, well, they're, it feels to them like a part of them just died. They lost a part of themselves. Yeah. Cause in a way they yeah. did that, whatever they're identifying with just got dismantled. So now they feel lost and people that's uncomfortable and it goes to religion too. I know it's uncomfortable and you feel lost and you don't know yourself. That's because you had these false identities, as I think they are. I think they're false identities, because you really got to get to the root of who am I? Yeah. Like your essence. Am I just a body? Am I a mind? Am I a mind and body? Mind, body, soul. Mm. Um, I'm a male. I'm a human. I'm a Christian. I'm a Hindu. I'm a Republican. Um, I'm a tool maker. I'm a machinist. I'm um, a professor. It's like okay, all these I'm are up. yeah, <laughs> all these are little identities, but they're they're roles you play is what they really are, and you gotta strip all that away. All that can fall apart. You can lose your job. Now you're not this. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you really gotta get to the root of who am I. And start there. Hmm. And you start to realize all these other identities. It's okay to be in those identities, to be in those roles, but you're not attached to them. You know that's not truly who you are. It's like me, for example. I used to be, when I was a little kid, I was a big Bengals fan. Well, as I got older, I'm like, yeah, hell with the Bengals. I like the Packers. Yeah. You know? And then... Eventually, I got to the point like, I don't even like the NFL fo- football in general. 
said, you got a bunch of crybabies running around on the field fucking bitching and complaining even though they're making millions of dollars a year. I'm like, hell with these guys. You know, so then I started watching college football. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of them things, like, I was like, I wasn't scared to to change, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah, it sucked at first. I'm like, I didn't enjoy watching football, but I was like, oh, well. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Yeah. And another one is like, you know, the Ford versus Chevy. Or, you know, you got Ford, Dodge, and Chevy, your three pickup trucks, you know. Always a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And the big and people will defend it to their. Oh yeah. yeah, which, I mean, if I had to pick anyone, it'd be a Ford guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though I drive a Dodge, but it's just one of, one of the deals for me. It's like after working on them, I've worked on all three, and like they're all pieces of shit. Every single one of them. It's just whatever piece of shit you want to work on. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. Yep. You know, so I mean, if I had to pick a piece of shit to work on, it's gonna be a Ford or a Dodge. And it's just mine. And there's nothing wrong with having favorites and having fun sticking up for something, right? Yeah. Like you're going to defend it, but you do if it. If anything, it's good camaraderie to get. It's like an icebreaker almost. Exactly. You know? It's just, it's fun. But when you got people that truly identify with it, yeah. like if somebody insults their group or their party or, you know, their car, like you're mm-hmm. saying, they feel insulted. It's like, no, I just insulted Ford. But they take it personally. Yeah. And it's and it's so normal. But when you really think about it, it's wild. Like, um say say you got um just like the car or sports team. Somebody makes fun of the sports team or your favorite musician. And then that person gets upset as if you just insulted them. Mm-hmm. And when you really think about it, like it it's crazy. Yeah. It's delusional is what it is. Like, you literally are delusional. I insulted this car company, but you took personal offense. Yeah. It's delusional because I had nothing to do with you, but you identify so deeply with this, you feel hurt and insulted. Oh, well, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of examples like that. Like, then you go into the farming aspect. You got John Deere versus Case or New Holland or whatever. And back in the day, it was even more. You had Alice Chalmers. You had fucking Ford. You had Oliver. I mean, Minneapolis Moline. Like, all these all these guys just, you know, they they like their old tractors and everything, which is fine. I mean, but it's the same deal as a truck. What fucking piece of shit you want to work on? Yeah. You know? I mean, and there are certain things, like especially nowadays with computerized shit, that is a big difference. I mean, it, it would be more along the lines like, with the whole John Deere scandal they had where they weren't letting farmers access the computers to the combines or the tractors or whatever, and that was a big thing. So, I mean, that, I mean, that kind of sways people one way or the other, but, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's whatever works for you. Like, I know a lot of people that farm that are, they call them, like, a Skittles farm or a rainbow farm. They just got a little bit of everything. Yeah. They don't have all John Deere, all case. Well, have- that's what I was going to bring into next. That's that's a perfect perfect example because when you identify so strongly with something to where no this is this is the only way you're identified so strongly that if somebody insults this you feel personally insulted it limits you mm-hmm. it drastically limits you in your life so when you're opened up and you don't identify with these things like you have you and you have all this other stuff you can have favorites and this and that but you're not identified with it 
So, yeah, your rainbow farm. You can have a little bit of everything. You're not limited. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of the things, like, because certain brands do, do things better. I mean, that's the same thing with another one, power tools. Like, we've seen them people uh, working. There working at, at the factory. At yeah. the factory. If, if it's red, leave it in the shed, talking about Milwaukee tools. They're big DeWalt people. Which, whatever, each each company does one thing, ex- normally has one thing that is extraordinarily better than the other companies. So it's like, a lot of people I talk to that are case guys, or whatever, they say, yeah, John Deere tractors are junk, but their equipment's pretty good. I've got a John Deere baler, or i got a John Deere hay rake, or whatever. And that's awesome, I mean, and, and that's just the way it goes. I mean, you have certain brands that do things better. Mm-hmm. And if you can take advantage of that, you're gonna you're and get past the brand stigma. Now, certain things that you know you can't, you know, like like me, I am Milwaukee. I got it because I did some research. So I'm like, okay, well, across the board, they're a little bit. In my opinion, I thought they were a little bit better for what I needed. But then once you do that, you're gonna have one type of battery. So what's the point of having three, four different types of batteries? Right, yeah. So, sometimes it's a practicality thing. Right, you're not identified in only this. Yeah. To where it, you feel offended if somebody insults it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, And I tell people that all the time, like, yeah, fucking DeWalt makes awesome shit. Or Ryobi makes some good stuff. I mean, every, you know, they all make good stuff. Yeah. And, and, and this is, I think, the root and fundamental problem with our society is belief identity which causes the perception which then causes your behavior and you don't have an open mind to look at facts it doesn't matter your your belief is this you're identified with this so you perceive the world this way you treat people this way and you cannot move beyond it you can't change your life you can't change the world Mm -hmm. you're you're stuck and you really got to get to the root of who am I really? I'm not my race. I'm not my gender. I'm not my nationality. You're much more and deeper than that fundamentally. Yeah. And it'd be a good thing to practice here and there to, you know, maybe first start to realize what do I identify with? And it's easy to tell because if somebody makes a comment about this or that and you feel hurt or insulted or wounded by it, you're identifying with it. So that's a good uh, sort of compass to go off of but then you can really think and go deep of who am i and start stripping stuff away because if you were born in a different country you'd have a different nationality but you'd still be you just mm-hmm. like everybody else so start stripping all this away and get to the root who am i well my way of looking at it is is how i kind of broke out of it. it was like does it really fucking matter you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, if your sports team loses, does it really fucking matter? Right. Or if this guy insulted your fucking tractor or your truck or this or that, does, at the end of the day, does it really matter? Yep. And that is, I that's mean, why if, it's if so you, delusional. If you can sit there and think like, well, it didn't affect me. It didn't affect anything I own. Then obviously it doesn't matter. It's all in the head. Yeah. It's all beliefs and perception. It's delusional yeah i mean when you get when you get all these identities and perceptions and beliefs it's all tangled up in the head 
I mean, I, I really do think it's delusional. It's just so normal. We don't call it that. Well, it's just, it's a, it's an outright, like blind almost following. It's like, uh, it's like if you think back in the medieval times and even before that, I mean, you had people throwing themselves at, okay, look at World War One for example. Here's the best thing I can think of. British soldiers were marching in formation towards machine guns at the beginning of the World War One. It was just blind. Yeah, we're doing what we're told. We're whatever. We're just for our country. We'll walk into that machine gun fire and get slaughtered. Yep. Because that was the right which, and, and manly and, thing yeah. to do and patriotic which, thing to do. At the end of the day, sometimes it's not even those people's fault. It's just the culture. You know, you get everything gets so. Yeah, culture is a major part in people's beliefs and perceptions. So, I mean, if, if you grew up in an area like like we did, where it's a strong religious community, you're going to be affected more by religion. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in an area that is very non-religious, you're going to, uh, religion's going to be a really weird subject to you, and you're not going to, you're going to be like, well, that's dumb, you know, or whatever, or whatever, you know, however you feel about it. So, I mean, it's just even something that simple. I mean, you go from, well, it's even one town to the next. You're yeah. gonna just because something could have happened 100 fucking years ago and people from this town don't like people from this town. Yeah. You it's know? just delusional. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of them things that it's hard to do because you're going to be looked at weird because you're going against the grain. Yeah. And that's when you know you're doing something right. Yeah, um, well, depending on what it is. Depending on what it is. But I think when, when people really start to stop and think, mm. I mean, as, everybody... As long as it's not a, a moral issue, as long as it follows a good set of morals of what you're doing. Right. I, I think as long as there's morality in it, you're fine. But like if you're starting to get into some weird, like, sick, twisted shit, and everybody's like, well, that's pretty fucked up. Right. Man. Like, then it's like, yeah, you're not... You're not uh, Doing it in a positive light is a very negative light, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, it goes both ways. But, I mean, everybody, whether they know it or not, lives out a philosophy of life. Everybody. Just may not be aware of what it is. Because you're raised up a certain way. And dogs are outside. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But you're raised up a certain way and have these conditionings. And if you don't take a step back to look and examine and question, then you're pretty much just a machine being ran on autopilot based off of how you were raised ages zero through seven and have no idea. And, you know, somebody is raised up thinking everybody's against them and all this. And you don't take a step back to think that you're going to live your life a certain way and you're going to be a negative person, always out for yourself. And, it's going to affect your life drastically. You take a step back and really examine what do I believe and why and start to change those beliefs or even just take some away and leave it open, you're going to perceive the world differently. And when you perceive the world differently, you're going to act differently. And it changes your life. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, even just like, like religions, like if you're brought up, Christian, depending on which of the 25,000 denominations, 
you're gonna perceive the world differently and you're gonna act differently and mm-hmm. you, no matter what religion but here's the kicker here's here's something here, here's the tricky complex thing okay so let's just hypothetically say everybody agrees yeah, you, everybody has these beliefs, and these beliefs create your perception of yourself, the world, and your relationship to it, and that creates behavior, attitude, all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say everybody agrees. Now the question is, is there a correct perception? Is there a correct belief? Is there a correct way to view yourself in the world? Is there a correct way to act and to live? Well, that's why there's so many schisms in the Christian religion. Even the uh, Islam has schisms in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got the Sunnis and the Shiites, and then in uh, Christianity you have the Roman Catholics, Orthodox Catholics, Pentecostals, Baptists, Methodists, Anglicans, you know. Lutherans. And Lu- and Lutherans. Everybody. And, and the list goes on and on and on. And because at one point, Hey, the most I know about Christianity, so that's what I'm going to stick with for example mm-hmm. reasons, is that you have everybody at one point was part of the same religion. But then you had sects of like, they were, they were like, oh, I want to worship this. You know, this is how I view the Bible, or this is how I view the Bible. And then you had the Roman Orthodox split. Mm-hmm. Well, even before then, you had. You had um, well, yeah, you had the, the Paulinian of, group. Mm-hmm. You had the Gnostics. You had the uh, Marcionites. Yep. I mean, they're they were from day one a bunch of different ones. Yeah, and then they all came together for a short time, and then they broke back yeah. apart. And suddenly you got ask, okay, does that prove it's all just subjective? It's whatever you convince yourself to. It's however you decide you want to view the world. And in, in one sense, that's freeing. Like, hey. It's my choice how to dis- how to view the world and perceive myself. Yeah. And I'm going to view it in a great light, and I'm going to go around. I'm going to be happier because of it. And I have these beliefs about the world for this and that reason. And you're living, hey, you know, stress-free, happy, easy-going life. Okay, that's your choice. That's a lot of freedom. That's a lot of self-power. Yeah, extremely. But even if the truth was everything subjective, the one objective truth is everything subjective <laughs> right so you're still yeah. arguing one objective truth yeah yeah because even if you're arguing that it's subjective you still got to argue the point that it's subjective and the tricky thing with that is if you believe everything's subjective then people that are arguing 180 degrees against you to keep your integrity you have to allow them because hey you're right too because it's all subjective. Yeah, because <laughs> if it's subject, subjective, they can see the world how they want to see it. And if they want to see it as where it's not subjective, <laughs> you got, you know. It, it gets into a mind boggle. <laughs> it does. It, it really, when you're doing that stuff, I mean, like, I've had conversations with people about different things. And, I, you know, I'll have a fairly open view on something. And they'll say, well, I view it this way. And I'll be like, well, I see it as this. And then I'm like, well, but... I guess we're both right. All of those straight up say, like, well, I guess we're both right. Yeah. If I'm right, that means you're right too. And my fallback sometimes, I go back and forth. I'll be honest. I don't know. I get back and forth, and my fallback is maybe everything's subjective. Not everything, but, you know, 
fundamental things, beliefs, you know, may, maybe perception that's subjective. You can view the world and yourself and each other how you want. It's your choice. That's part of the freedom and the power of consciousness, of creativity. Or there is an objective truth, but we don't know it. Nobody knows it. Your guess is as good as mine, buddy. We could both be wrong. I could be right. You're wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. But this, in this moment for now, is what I believe to be the truth, and I will defend it unless my mind is changed otherwise. Yeah. So maybe just nobody knows, and we're just doing the best we can, and you guys stand up for what you think right now is the right thing. Well, and that's part of it. If you you believe in the Bible, you know, God gave man free will. The free will is to believe whatever he thinks. Yeah. Or she thinks, or whatever. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's been a concept for a long time anyway, is that, you know, you're, you were given the ability to think for yourself. I'm going I'm to throw this out there. It, it's, it's a real fun, fun thought thing. I love thinking about free will and oh, determinism. Are you doing that free will? Uh, it, oh, yes, okay. but no. I love, I love thinking about free will and determinism. Because when you really get into it, it really gets like, oh shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, we well, talked about it here a few weeks ago. Like Sam Harris, he talks about in his book, Free Will, where they'll put brain scans on somebody, and they'll put a computer screen in front of them, and they have to choose the left or right picture or whatever. Mm. And they, with 100% accuracy, will know what they're going to choose a full I thought it was less and I I redouble checked it 2 days ago a whole 10 seconds before they know what they're going to do that's wild and yeah. in brain activity that's like light years ahead so yeah, you know 10 seconds before cuz the thing is as soon as you make a decision you click it and they will know 10 seconds up to 10 seconds before you do what well, you're going to choose well and the reason that's crazy is cuz you know, if, even if you just look at a basic like reaction time, you know, you got something flying at your face, boom, less than a second. Yeah. So, so for them to know, and you know, and that's your brain reacting that quickly. So I only imagine, you know, t- yeah, 10 seconds is a long fucking and, time. And they've done other things where like, if, are they going to pick up this magazine or are they going to pick this, which glass are they going to pick up? And they will know before they do it. So it's like whole, you know, shit, determinism. There is no free will. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to predict this most basic stuff. Like, which magazine are they going to choose? Which glass are they going to pick up? And that's wild. But I heard of a different theory. Whether it's true or not, who knows? But it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's, just something, it's just fun to think about. Is It kind of maybe ties into the simulation theory. But even then, you can get rid of the simulation theory and just think of how conditioned we are. So you think society and humans are so conditioned that you don't even know you're acting on autopilot. So if you take the majority of people are conditioned and programmed, which is pretty much what conditioning is, right? You're programmed. Yeah, whether, so whether get, it's like technically as a computer or if it's biologically. Right. So even if you get into the simulation theory or not of like we're programmed, it makes sense either way. So if you take the majority of everybody, 
is conditioned and programmed, of course you're going to be able to predict predict what they're doing. They're running like a computer program. Mm -hmm. However, it is possible through self-examination and whatnot, and in a way, maybe this is what they mean by awakening or being reborn, as Jesus puts it. You must be reborn. You know, you got to get out of this trap. You got to get out of this programming. So it is possible to get out of your conditioning, get out of your programming, wake up out of your autopilotness. And then that is where spontaneity and free will (laughs) happens. So it's like maybe they're not wrong about determinism, but it's only part of the picture. Yeah. Well, and and my belief, if you think for yourself, and don't give a shit about whatever people think of you or what or or about what you do. You're already a leg ahead on it. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Think for yourself. Because if you can think for yourself and you're not easily influenced, you're you know, you're already ahead of the curve. Because you're not going to be easily influenced by whatever a rich politician says. You're not going to be easily influenced by... Your favorite celebrity. Your favorite celebrity, your favorite football team, or whatever. Soccer team, whatever fucking sport you're into. I mean, you're just not going to... You're, it's going to be hard to influence you because you're going to look into what they were talking about and see if it's actually true or not. Yeah. Which in today's... In today and age, it's... That's more prevalent than ever. Oh, yeah. There's a massive amount of bullshit getting spread on the internet the news, everything. Yep. From both sides and every direction. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not just saying it from one side. It's just across the board. Yep. I mean, it's just so much bullshit coming out of everywhere. Yep. So you got to really dig and do your own research. Yeah. On everything or else you're going to be influenced by one side or the other and not know the truth. Yep. You have to have your own autonomy. So when you have your own autonomy and you own it, you take, and that's a big part is you take responsibility for yourself and your life and you think for yourself, you question everything, you really go through it and you make your own decisions that you want, no matter how hard or embarrassing or whatever it is, even if people are going to, especially if it's going to upset people because then you're really doing your own thing, but you really do it from your gut or your heart mm-hmm. that I think that's you're not, it's not just a logical choice, like a logical programmed computer. It's from the soul, from the depths of your mm-hmm. gut and your heart. Absolutely. And you're making your own decisions and choices. That's when you start to change your self identity. You get your own autonomy and your beliefs and perceptions change. It all mm-hmm. ties back together. Well, that's why I always considered myself back in, back when I was growing up, I didn't understand it. But I do, as I've gotten older, I do. Because, well, my mom, first examples were my mom and dad. I'd ask him, like, what, especially after I turned 18, you know, be like, mom or dad, you know, what's your opinion on this? Or what should I do here? I'm like, we can't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. You're 18. You got to do it on your own. And at first I thought, well, well, damn, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm coming to you for advice and you're just telling me I got to pick on my own. And... Now I realize, you know, later on down the road, like, you know, they were doing it for a reason. They wanted me to be independent. They wanted me to be able to make my own decisions. And my grandparents were the same way on both sides. That's why I consider myself lucky 
because <laughs> my grandma and grandpa, my mom's parents, I'd ask them a question, like, bud, you're going to have to do that, you're going to have to figure that out on your own. I said, we can tell you what our thoughts are, but that's all we can do. The decision inevitably is down to you. And my dad's mom is the same way. Yeah. You know, and initially I'm like, well, goddamn, you know, and then, but it turned, it, it makes you, a, a, it makes you think for yourself. Yeah. And then that's a really nice, when you're older, you realize it's a very nice thing to have to be able to think for your, on your own because you're not always like, like, don't get me wrong. There's times I consult my dad or my grandparents or whatever, or my mom for different things, but it's because they have more knowledge on it than I do. And I always ask for their advice. I don't, you know, I may not go with exactly what they tell me to do, but I do take their advice into consideration. So that, that to me is a big thing because you're always going to have them fall back on, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't always, you don't always have to do what, once you hit 18, you shouldn't always have to do what you're told. Like I know there's examples, like if you still live at, live at their house. No, it's a respect thing. Yeah. So. It's a respect thing. If they say, Hey, I'd like you home before midnight, you know, even if you're 20 years old, okay, I'll be home before midnight. Yeah. Or if you're going to stay there, let me know before I go to bed. And even that, yeah. you can take a step back and be like, I'm willfully doing this out of respect because I truly believe it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, it's still under your free will because you could freely choose to do it or you could freely choose not to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's really the the gist of it, and 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 that's always been my thing. Is like I I wish people would think more for themselves, because you have so many people that they're just reliant on somebody else's opinion. Yeah, that it, it's almost scary, really, because if you if you got to sit there and really think like, well, what do this person think about what I what I do? You know, now significant other is a completely different thing. Right, but I, I'm talking more along the lines of like, you know, if I buy this, what do my buddies think about it? Right. When you, you break know. away from that, when which is a difficult thing, and it's a it's a progress, but the more and more you stop to not care what other people think, that's freedom. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're gonna think what you think, what you want to think, do what you want to do. I mean. The amount of freedom that comes with not caring what other people think is just amazing. Now there's, like you said, your significant other, you know, you you do care what they think, but not, it's in a different way. It's out of respect and love and kindness. Well, anybody you love, you're going to care what they think. Right. And, but like, like you just said, it's a completely different way of it. It, It's not a, I'm scared I'm going to get judged. Yeah, it's like, is this going to affect them? Is it going to make our, you know, me and their life more difficult? Is it going to cause a a, 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 a bump in the road of me and, me and my grandparents or me and my parents or whatever? You know, is it, is it going to cause issues? And, and those are all good questions to ask when you're thinking of stuff because, if, if, as long as you have a good connection with your family, you're going to, you're going to have to think about them. Mm-hmm. But there, there will also come a time where say, and this is just a random example mm-hmm. to try and make a point. Like say you want to move to a different state yeah. for whatever reason, a job or an yeah, adventure or yeah. whatever. 
and you know your family's going to be against it, hypothetically. You know your family's going to be against it. They're not going to be happy about it. But if that's truly what you think you need to do for yourself, you're going to have to do it and suck up the consequences. Oh, yeah. Because but, but, otherwise, in the long term, you'll have resentment. And at the end of the day, if, if your family truly cares about you and wants you to do good, if you go out there and shit goes south, they'll be here for you when you get back. Yeah. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, really, if, if, if you're wanting to go somewhere else, go, do it. Enjoy your life while you can. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, I mean, you got to be cautious. Because you got to think, like, if I move out, like, I've always thought Montana and Wyoming and all that was beautiful. Idaho, all that. I would love to move out there. But the same token, I'm like, I don't want to move away from family. I love my family. It's a sacrifice either way. Yeah, so either way you go, if if I were to move out west, I wouldn't see my family nowhere near as much. But I live out here. I get to see my family whenever I want. Yeah. You know. Have a good relationship with them. And who say I can't visit out west someday? Yeah. You know. Been but, a lot easier if you would have won the lottery yesterday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't matter. I just have my own private plane or whatever, fly back and forth. <laughs> but land it in the field by the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, so on, on top of everything being you know, being your own decision, there's give and take with everything. Yeah. No matter what. And and there's right ways to go about it. So say you wanted to go out. It was your heart's desire. You needed it for yourself for whatever reason. And you knew they're going to be upset that when I say don't care what other people think, I mean, you're still going to do what you want to do, but that doesn't mean you say, I don't really give a damn how this makes you feel. I'm going, no, you can care. I mean, that's just being human mm. and loving. Like, I really wish this didn't upset you as it did. I don't want this to ruin us, but, like, I I really need to do this, you know. So when I say don't care what other people think, I'm really focusing on you're not going to do what you really want to do because you know it's going to upset people or you're going to get judged or made fun of or whatever. That's bad because you need to – then you're a slave to other people. You're a slave to what other people think of you. Yeah. But, yeah. So, to just kind of wrap up this topic, food for thought kind of episode is, you know, think about what are my, how do I perceive myself and how do I perceive the world? What beliefs are causing that perception? And do I really believe these things and think about it Mm. and think for yourself and you know who am i what is my identity well another thing you can ask yourself is the fact of like i've said before if something happens does it really matter you know at the end of the day if somebody makes fun of your truck somebody makes fun of your tractor somebody makes fun of your sports team somebody makes fun of your preferred political party at the end of the day, does it really matter? And are they and, really affecting you? Yeah, and that, that that's the big part about it. If it's not affecting you, there's really no point in getting pissed off about it. And also, on the same same token, if 
like my dad and grandpa and them have always told me, if there's nothing you can do to change it, what's the point of getting worried about it? Yeah, if if you can't do nothing about it, you may as well accept it and do the best you can. Change your well. Who was it that said if you if you can't if you get to the, it was a uh, Victor Frankel, Holocaust survivor and psychologist, said if you can't change your circumstances, you're forced to change your perception of it. Yeah, because that is the last of the human free will is how you react and see something. So if you're stuck in a camp and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it, well, what you can do is change how you look at it and how you feel about it and make the best of it. And that's pretty freaking wild. Because it, it, it's one thing for me to say that. Yeah, it's another, another thing, for, thing yeah. for a Holocaust survivor in Auschwitz to say, I made the best of it because it was the last of my free will. Yeah. That's yeah, why. Yeah, you had a man that's seen his family friends and countrymen gassed and tortured and thrown in you know cremated and all and all this you know mm-hmm. sick twisted experiments done to him and he's literally saying like you just got you know if you can't change the situation change your perspective like that coming from somebody that did through that makes you really think like well, yeah, no matter what i go through is nowhere near as fucking bad as that and, and you gotta think how powerful that freedom is like mm-hmm. you have a lot of power if even in a situation like that changing your perception the way i mean that's wild to think about and it takes practice to kind of harness that power so to speak mm-hmm. to realize like and i try you can help me out you can hold me accountable at days at work when i'm not feeling it and i'm in a bad mood or whatever and i try to remind myself sometimes but it's like gauge you're here for 10 hours. You know you're not going to just go home. May as well make the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's about what we do anyway. But we're human. We all struggle. And it is, it's a practice. It's a practice and it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So it, it's worth it. Absolutely. So, so let's move on to our um, fun fact. Fun fact. Do you want to go or you want me to go? Um, I'll go. Okay. Mine's goofy. Goofy. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. I oh, wish no. I could put a picture up, but you can Google it. We're trying to work on this YouTube thing. It'll happen. YouTube's being a bitch. My, and our computers are 12 years old, so <laughs> yeah. 11 years old. Yeah, mine's, mine's what? Mine's 7 years old, 8 years old, something like that. If you want to donate money for a new laptop. you're more than welcome (laughs) give us an email and i'll give you my paypal or my venmo (laughs) um so it's cheetle 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 it's a small town in alberta canada and it is the home to a 20 foot tall cheeto statue and it has a hand coming out of the ground holding a cheeto and it was built by Cheetos Canada. Huh. And even in the statue, the it's like the hand's gray, the Cheetos orange, and the fingertips are orange. Like you're eating <laughs> Cheetos. And I don't understand why, but because I'm the, for it. Because the town's <laughs> name is so close to Cheetos. Yeah. 
Cheetos, yeah, built by Cheetos Canada. <laughs> it's one of those things you would just randomly come across and look at it, tilt your head, and shake your head. That is the dumbest thing, but like, I'm for it. Like that big ass <laughs> bean in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so mine is actually about the origin of the expression the whole nine yards. Okay. Okay. So, everybody knows that expression. Like, you give it everything you got, you gave them the whole nine yards. Well, where does that expression come from? Got any thoughts? I think of yards, I think of football. Yeah, no, it's not even close. Yeah. So, back during World War II, okay, the American fighter planes had 50 caliber machine guns. Most of them had four of them, Okay. The combined length of the 50 caliber ammo belts was nine yards. <laughs> so if it took you all your ammo to shoot down one plane, you gave them all nine yards. You gave yards. them the whole nine yards. That's interesting. And that's the origin of that expression is that if you, it, if you <laughs> just wasted all your ammo to shoot down one plane, you gave him the whole nine yards. That's fascinating. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Crazy, ain't it? That's neat. I'm gonna go tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool. It's a cool thing because you know when I first heard the expression, like oh football or something with nine yards in football, right? You know, even though football's ten yards, but you know nine yards, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just an assumption. But then I, I started. I read about it and I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> That's really where that came from. It's from the ammo belts being nine yards long. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, fascinating. I thought that was a good little fun fact to put in for this week. I like that. Uh, song recommendation. Apparently, this is a popular song because it's all over the media and social media and all that. It's I didn't know. It's fucking everywhere right now. I didn't know. I just happened to cross it and I'm like, oh, it's kind of a neat song. But it's Jace, Jason Aldean's new song, Try That in a Small Town. Didn't know everybody knew it before I did. Not big social media guy. Yeah, I literally called it before you even told me what it was. He did. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. Yeah. What do you got? Mine's going to be, it's actually a newer song by Turnpike Troubadour. It's called Mean Old Son. Mean Old Son? Mean Old Son, like the sun, not like a, a child. Okay, like, like the star. Yeah, the star. Okay. Pretty good song. Hmm. They released a new album like August 23rd or something. I'm ready for it. I really like their music. Who's it by? Turnpike Troubadours. Turnpike Troubadours. Hmm. It's good shit. Um, one of the newer, one of the newer uh, bands and stuff I really like. Reminds me a lot of old country music. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna go ahead and get off here and go about our day. So uh, y'all take care. Yeah, hope you enjoy. Get some good food for thought and tell us how you like these episodes. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and we'll try and get YouTube going here as soon as we possibly can. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Appreciate the support and spread the word. Get us out. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs>